Hello, my name's Joanna Bailey. And I'm Tom Boone. Welcome to the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. Coming up on today's show, I'll reflect on the sudden retirement of British Airways' Boeing 747 fleet, and Joe will take a look at JetBlue's aggressive US expansion. Following the sad news about the 747, Tom will take a look at what's going on with the A380, and I'll report on passengers in the UAE finally getting to return to India. To wrap up, we'll look at even more passengers behaving badly. These are perhaps the worst yet. So now you know what's in store, let's get on with the show. Tom, I believe you want to kick us off today with possibly the saddest news we've had for a while. Yeah, I think this is like the saddest news, the biggest news. I mean, um, I was just about to go to bed last night when the news broke um, that British Airways is retiring its 747 fleet. It's official. Um, I mean, of course, it's still with the caveat that it's under consultation, um, but it's it's... It's as certain it as it a gets formality. at this stage, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. it's a formality to say it's under consultation, but like the airline itself has even said, look, we don't expect it to fly again. Um, which was just a really sad one, because that now means that there's no 747s left in the UK. Um, it's not quite the end <laughs> of the type yet. That is a sad thought. Yeah. Well, no, but it is a sad thought, and it's hmm. a, the end of an era, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, because um, Virgin's scrapped theirs, and I mean, British Airways... The 747 and British Airways tie together, you know, like for the past 50 years, I think the 747 is like 51, 52 years old now. And for the last 50 years, British Airways has had 747s in its fleet. Um, Originally as BOAC, um, they transferred over to BA, the Dash 100s, and then there was a bunch of Dash 200s and now we're on the Dash 400 and... I mean, it's inevitable that they were going to go at some point because they were already um, slated to retire by 2024 at the latest anyway. Yeah, um, yeah, that's just, just kind of been sped up a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been sped up a bit. And it's, um, I mean, in their letter, British Airways wrote, with much regret, we are proposing subject to consultation the immediate retirement of our Queen of the Skies, the 747-400. And then they went on to say, they are an airline, uh, an airliner of another era. However, they burn far more fuel than the latest generation of planes, and logically require more frequent and detailed attention from our engineering team. So, I mean, it is sort of it makes sense to get rid of it because well, of at, course it does. At the end it's of the, the same day, reason that everybody else is getting rid of it, isn't it? That's yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not fuel efficient, so. BA is spending a lot of money on fuel on it, and also there's the increased emissions from it. It's not yeah. maintenance efficient because it's older, um, and it's just getting a bit tired. I know BA had just refitted some of the 747s, like uh, like Delta did with the 777s before they yeah. got rid of them. Um, Crazy. But it's just, I think it's a, it's a case of, we've spent a lot of money on this, but there's no point spending more, Throwing and we'll just more cut our losses. Yeah. Um, it was a bit of a surprise because the retro jets were only painted for the centenary last year, weren't they? And that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of a brand new coat of paint that must have cost a pretty penny. And I guess they hope to fly for at least a couple more years. Yeah, so I think the retro jet ones were the ones that were going to be retired slightly later than the others. Um, it's 
I mean, like, again, this time last year when they were flying around the UK and the world, no one knew that we'd be in this situation now. So, Of course not. Yeah. Um, it's sad. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that there might be some little future because obviously we've qu when Qantas said that they were going to scrap theirs we've had this week a load of farewell flights um, oh let's hope so <laughs> with the type so I mean um, they I my understanding from the airline is that nothing's been decided either way so there is a possibility there's also a possibility not and um, I'm just hoping that a couple maybe end up in uh, aviation museums around the world somewhere perhaps those like retro the well, yeah, yeah. They, they would it's be the obvious iconic, choice. It's iconic, isn't it? They would, absolutely. Mm. And uh, most of the Concords have ended up in uh, on display, haven't they? So, all, of, all of BA's ones, yeah. Yeah, although the uh, 747 is slightly larger to store at a museum, so uh, I mean, we'd need a slightly pop, bigger parking space. <laughs> just just pop one next to the Concord that's at Heathrow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But some had already gone to Kemble, hadn't they? We, I yeah. think we'd speculated earlier in the year that maybe they weren't coming back, but at the time British Airways was very tight-lipped about the whole thing. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Kemble ones were ever going to come back. I think it was the ones in uh, Terrell that were... Uh, questionable because um, yeah. that was more for storage. But um, it, it is a bad sort of time for the 747 because um, th there are only 30 that are left in service as we speak. As passenger jets? Yeah, as uh, in active service. I mean, um, wow. so there's only 30 flying. A lot of those are the Dash 8 um, Lufthansa's flying a handful of their Dash 8s and um, another carriers here and there but it's just it's it's so sad to see what has been for the past 50 years the icon of aviation yeah just fizzling gone out in, a in this way yeah. yeah and you'd think if they'd stuck to kind of planned timetables there might have been bigger send-offs or mm. you know more hype around it more opportunity for people to buy those last flights but because yeah. uh, i know Qantas did those um, farewell flights this week didn't they the joy flights and yeah. uh, i think they sold out within minutes so i think a lot me, of people yeah. are, are very sad not to have got their final flight on their favorite airline mm. 747 but well, that's, remember, that's the nature of the time yeah i remember when virgin um said goodbye to theirs um so many people were saying wow i didn't realize that would have been my last flight yeah because um, so many <laughs> so many people were booked to take it in august november december yeah and that's it the opportunity is gone mm. but that's not the end of the opportunity to fly on the 747 no. because um i think lufthansa will keep theirs for a while um obviously they've got the the more modern version that isn't quite as fuel inefficient so um, and the they're quite young aren't they for, yeah they're quite young i think um Around the same age as the A380s, though. Um, but I think, like, China and um, Korean with the Dash 8s as well will keep, keep yeah. them for a while. So it's so not the end of the road, around, but... but um, <laughs> it's much, it's a much on. rarer beast, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Book your tickets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once this is over, because well, yes. you don't want it to, to be cancelled <laughs> again. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, so um, so from talking about the 747, I wanted just to touch on um, what's been going on with JetBlue. And, uh, you know, this is one of the airlines we do like to keep an eye on across the pond because they do an awful lot of really good stuff. And they're one of the ones that seems to be coming back already quite strong from COVID. So um, just this week, they've announced, announced a major expansion at LAX. 
Um, now, they've always had a West Coast base, but it's always been at Long Beach. So mm. they're actually going to be moving that base over to LAX um, and they're adding seven new routes and up to 32 daily flights beginning October 7th. So the base move is happening the day before, literally on October the 6th. And then on okay. the 7th, they're launching most of these new routes. Um, so for our friends across the pond, that's um, including Austin, Las Vegas, Reno, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, Seattle, and a seasonal route to Bozeman Yellowstone. So um, there's, that joins with the already existing nonstop destinations, which is uh, Boston, Buffalo, Niagara, Fort Lauderdale, JFK, Newark, which is set to launch later this month, and um, of course, Orlando. And most of these routes are going to feature the mint products. So, um, you know, more ways to do the whole uh, transcontinental route in comfort there. Um, and really, it seems like they're absolutely stepping up to be more of a, a kind of stronghold at LAX. And this, this mm. was unexpected, or at least it was, until, uh, until we heard the next bit of news, um, which was that they are tying up with American Airlines. Um, so they're going to be entering a strategic partnership with the world's largest airline by fleet size. Um, and it's a it's a strategic partnership. It's not that they're joining one world. It's not that they're going to jump into the AA, IAG kind of transatlantic joint venture. It's a separate agreement. Mm. But it is almost like a mini alliance. They're going to have reciprocal code shares and various loyalty benefits as well. Or those 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 haven't really been fleshed out yet. Um, but from what they said in this week's announcement, they're going to be um, opening access to JetBlue customers to 60 of American Airlines routes, and American Airlines customers will be open up to 130 JetBlue routes. So um, this, I, I think in total, this is just short of 500 flights a day that are on offer through the partnership. So it's more than any individual airline. Mm. Um, and there'll be 120 destinations from New York City area airports. Um, and so I think that's really, you know, leveraging American Airlines strong transatlantic offering and then giving passengers another way to kind of continue across the country. And if they've got a really strong network out of LAX, I think that's going to work really well with the American Airlines partnership. Mm. Um, and they're nowhere near done yet either. So they, they really want to grow to be a, become a huge airline at Los Angeles. Um, so they've got about 150 staff stationed at Long Beach, um, but they're targeting to 700 staff um, okay. and to uh, 70 daily flights out of LAX by 2025. So very much looking, you know, quite far in the future, which is good. You know, it's unusual. At the moment, everybody's lamenting the lack of passengers for the next two years. But Most people. I mean, Wiz is sort of <laughs> up there as well. Yeah, they're just ignoring the fact we're in a pandemic and cracking on with it. But, yeah. you know, I think I think what JetBlue's doing is very measured. It's very intelligent. And, you know, it's kind of a smart expansion in a, in a good position. Yeah. Um, but it didn't go unnoticed by another US airline. So literally days after the announcement from JetBlue, up popped Alaska Airlines with a handful of new routes also from LAX. So they are bringing eight brand new routes um, to add to the four that they started earlier this year and have since kind of been suspended or reduced. So in total, there's 12 new routes to be added by the end of the year, making a total out of Los Angeles of 35. Mm. Um, so uh, Redmond in Oregon, Spokane in Washington, Boise, Idaho and Missoula, Montana are all going to resume. They were already in place in January. But okay. then there's brand new routes to Eugene and Medford in Oregon, Bozeman in Montana, Fort Myers and Tampa in Florida, 
Asia and excitingly some seasonal Hawaii destinations of Kona Ooh. and Lihui. Um, so those will begin in December in time for the for the holiday season, which will be hopefully, nice. Hopefully with no quarantine by then, perhaps. Hopefully if Hawaii's opened up by then. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, they will be competing directly with JetBlue on some of these routes, which will be interesting to see. And, of course, um, Alaska is joining One World later in the year, which, yeah. um, again, you know, it's setting itself up to become a really useful little feeder airline down the West Coast. So hmm. I think it's interesting to see the small airlines are really gearing up to kind of get back to business when passenger demand returns. And, yeah. Uh, it's exciting to watch from a distance at the moment because they're not letting us in. <laughs> yeah, of course. We we'll have to wait and see. Absolutely. So, Tom, did you want to tell us about the other big airplane that we've seen a lot of retirements from? I wanted to touch on the A380 as well because there's been some sort of movement there. It looks like it's not quite going the way of the 747 just yet. Um, Good. So, everyone's aware that Emirates is by far the world's largest A380 operator. Um, of course. It operates around half of them and it makes up around half of the Emirates fleet. So um, it was quite nice because earlier this week, Emirates finally retook to the skies with the A380, um, which shows two things uh, or a couple of things. Firstly, it shows that um, Emirates is committed to flying the A380 because I'm sure it's got enough 747s to maintain its network at the moment with just a se seven triple sevens, sorry. Yes. Um, I'm sure it's got enough triple sevens to maintain its network without needing the A380 for the time being. Got seven four sevens on the brain today, I Tom. have, I have. <laughs> um, so that's interesting because A, it shows that Emirates is still invested in the aircraft, but also um, it shows that demand is returning um, for the A380. And we can see that because currently... Emirates is just operating the uh, A380 to Paris and London. Um, but 1st of August, we're going to get a, another destination, which is Amsterdam. Um, but because uh -huh. the demand exists on the route, there will be a second A380 flight to London daily. Oh, so they must be filling the one that they're sending yeah. or near as, near as damn it, because otherwise yeah. they wouldn't send another, would they? So Exactly. And um, I mean, you've explored before how um, I think uh, the UK makes up a quarter of Emirates' total capacity. So Yeah, <laughs> it's such did. an important market for, <laughs> yeah. uh, for Emirates. And, you know, the number of flights that they used to have going into not just London, but also yeah. Birmingham, Manchester, you know, it was insane. And, and they were filling just them. Heathrow, you know, like there was maybe four, five, six flights from Heathrow and then another three, four flights from Gatwick and then another two yeah. flights from Stansted. <laughs> it's like, oh, which airport do I want to go from today? <laughs> It's great. I mean, it's clear, you know, that's the kind of hub and spoke connection yeah. model working at its best, isn't it? People hmm. are arriving in London from other places and they want to go anywhere in, you know, Australia, Asia. And that's, you know, Emirates is providing this literal motorway between the hmm. two destinations because there's just always something huge taking off at any given time. Yeah. So you can just jump on and, and, you know, it fits into your schedule for meeting the one at the other end. It's, it's great. It's great hmm. to see. It would be great to see them coming back. <laughs> it would. And it's not just sort of uh, Emirates A380s that we've seen in the skies. Because yesterday I got slightly excited when I was looking at my phone. I think I was trying to find out which train would take me home. And I got a little notification from Flight Radar saying the A380 um, Golf X-Ray Lima Echo Hotel had taken off from Chateauroux in France. Um, <laughs> and that flew back to London yesterday, which in itself... Oh. 
Yeah, uh, it's a BA one. So in itself, yeah. it's not it's not like huge news. It's just a movement ferry flight. No one was on there. Um, Would be the, exciting if it was going back into service, though. Exactly, and um, I mean, I think it will at one t- time because. Um, Recently, with the 747, for example, we've seen um, there was a note a few weeks back saying that um, pilot training was going to be stopped on it and um, stuff like this. But they're still very. they weren't coming back. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're still very committed to the A380 at the moment. So it's just flown over to London um, for maintenance. Um, and this is just, it's kind of the cost of this, which shows that BA is still interested in it because, you know, there's a cost for flying it to London. There's a cost for maintaining it in London. And then there'll be a cost to fly it back to Chateauroux. Um, and there's also um, another one in Manila that was flown there for maintenance for its really serious heavy maintenance, which costs an awful lot as well. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're at this time where airlines all around the world, especially BA, are looking to save costs where they can. I mean, BA is selling artwork to raise money. Yeah. Um, so this really is a thing that I you wouldn't They want wouldn't be to, spending money on it unless it had a reason, yeah, would they? Yeah, you, you wouldn't want to be spending money on this if there was any reasonable doubt that you'd ever fly it again. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's exactly what Air France did with their fleet. They were like why are we going to spend money maintaining it for the next one and a half, two years if it won't be flying again for three years for us? Yeah, <laughs> let's just stop now. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're obviously seeing a future, a more sort of longer term, you know, than just the next couple of years. Hmm. Um, and, and I, I mean, do follow some uh, British Airways pilots on Twitter. And uh, I, I can't remember which one, but somebody a couple of weeks ago posted up a picture of him doing his uh, A380 sort of currency training online. Hmm. And uh, you know, even that, you know, the fact they're just keeping their pilots and encouraging them to stay current, that's that's clearly maintaining them ready to go as soon as yeah. demand picks up. So I think we could see them back, you know, within the year easily. Yeah. And I think especially with BA, I can see them coming back because um, it just works incredibly well for BA because Heathrow is an incredibly slot restrained airport. And yeah. if you pop the A380 on a route, then... Um, say you had, I don't know, like two A350s doing it for the sake of the argument, uh, then you could cancel one of those A350 flights and that opens up a slot to another For something airport. else. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It works for Emirates. And mm. uh, I think on the right routes, it's a great aircraft. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not, just, it's not a that very many routes it works on. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Exactly. Oh, well, that's really good news. And I think, you know, in the week when we've had such bad news about the other big (laughs) British Airways plane, it's good to see that they're committed to that one. Hmm. So So I will hand over to you again, (laughs) Joe, to talk us through our next topic. Yeah, well, it was kind of leading on nicely, actually, because uh, you were speaking about Emirates, and this is a little bit about Emirates as well. So mm. I think we've mentioned on previous podcasts the pickle that Indian, India has been in mm. um, through these international travel restrictions and having international flights banned. You know, the, the people from India are incredibly disparate. They live all over the world. And when the borders closed, people were sometimes in India, despite being usually resident elsewhere, or they were outside India working and wanting to get home to be with their families. So there's been a huge demand for repatriation flights 
And there's been an awful lot of pressure on the Indian government to really open up the skies and, and let these um, other airlines take the lead and start flying people home. So um, last week, we had the good news that they would be opening the skies to the UAE for just two weeks. <laughs> so beginning on the 12th, um, both Emirates and Etihad and other UAE airlines, I have to say, were all invited to start operating flights. And some of these would be on a commercial basis. Some of them would be on a... Um, kind of charter basis for specific people. Um, but uh, but it's, I mean, it's been great. There's, they reckon there were some 200,000 people that registered for the Van de Barrett flights out of the UAE. And although some of them have got home, there were still thousands waiting to travel. Um, and judging by what's been said so far, it's not one-way traffic. So, um, you know, the UAE has started easing the restrictions on who can enter the country. So thousands of Indians who are in India, but usually resident or working in the UAE may well want to go back. You know, they, they kind of rushed home because they were worried about the COVID outbreak, but now their lives are resuming in the UAE. They'll be keen to get back again. So, um, you know, it's really good to see this. Um, of course, Emirates immediately announced flights. They're going to Bengaluru twice daily, Delhi twice daily, Kochi twice daily, Mumbai twice daily and Thrivanthapuram, if I've said that right, once a day. Um, and Etihad too, they're flying daily to Bengaluru, Chennai, Kochi, Delhi, Hyderabad and Mumbai. And I would absolutely put money on it that nearly every seat on those flights in both directions is sold. Um, you know, people really want to move. So coming from Dubai, the only people that can travel are the Indian citizens. Um, when it comes back to the UAE, then obviously UAE nationals who might have been stranded in India can go. And people with the sort of residence permits can also travel, but they do have to have the negative COVID test. Um, I'm not completely au fait with you know, how soon you have to have had it or if there's particular hospitals, you know, there seems to be quite a lot of restrictions on who can do these tests. Um, but yeah, they have to be cleared for COVID before they can get on the plane. Um, and then um, today, we're recording on Friday today, actually, for a, just to mess with people's heads. <laughs> and today, some more travel bubbles opened up with India as well. So today, flights took off for the US and for France. Um, they've got United Airlines giving a service from Newark and San Francisco to Delhi. And Air France is traveling from Paris to Delhi, Bangalore and Mumbai. So again, you know, so many Indians are keen to move. And this is really starting to facilitate that. Um, they are saying that the UK and Germany will be likely added within days. So I think we'll almost count on Lufthansa doing those flights for Germany. And yep. of course, British Airways would be a strong candidate for the UK ones. Just um, without the 747. <laughs> Well, yes, <laughs> it would be something else. Um, so, yeah, the, again, these are just operating for 15 days. So yep. it's like a two-week window to get but yourself where you want to be. I'm wondering, which... is, the, is the 50... Because didn't they suggest that the ban in general would end at the start of August? Or is that something well, I've missed? That's the thing, because every two weeks it gets pushed back again. You know, every mm. time we get within two weeks of the international flight ban being lifted, they add on another fortnight. So it really remains to be seen. At the moment, the full kind of resumption of scheduled commercial flying is 
um, blocked until the 1st of August. Yeah. So, yeah, if it gets lifted then, these 15 days will take us just up until that day and that'll be great. We can restart scheduled flying and, you know, people can fly at their leisure. But uh, somehow, you know, it's it's really in the hands of the Indian government and yeah. the DGCA seems to make very late announcements on these things, you know, sometimes leaving it like 10 days or a week before the flight ban was supposed to be lifted to tell us yeah. that it's going to be another couple of weeks. So, uh, but in the meantime, you know, good news for some people trying to get moving and, you know, some options are opening up. Um, although I do expect that they're still at astronomically unaffordable prices. So <laughs> really, we, we do need the commercial restart to get things back to where they need to be. Yep. Okay, so just to wrap up for today, um, we did a little feature last week on uh, passengers behaving badly. And uh, I don't know whether it's some sort of pent-up aggression from people not being on flights and being able to express their air rage, but it's happened again. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, we've all experienced a delayed flight, right, Tom? Um yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so it's annoying, right? Would you say inconvenient? Well, it depends. If you're in the lounge, it's great because you've got well, more yeah. time to just sit and chill, yeah. <laughs> drink beer and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, the the normal sort of response is okay. That's a bit inconvenient, maybe a little frustrating. I don't think any of I us mean, have. Go on. And a flight delay above three hours in Europe suddenly gets very. Um, good, in my opinion. <laughs> you are becoming far too German. <laughs> you know, that's that's the reason that so many low-cost airlines won't fly to Germany anymore because you're all so quick to jump on the compensation wagon. Well, Anyhow, why not? <laughs> um, EU two six one aside. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a measured response to a delayed flight is to erupt into uncontrolled rage and violence. Um, well, unless you're three young ladies from Philadelphia. So these three girls, or I say girls, women, all in their early 20s, they were flying from Fort Lauderdale in Florida to Philadelphia. Mm. Um, and I checked on flight radar and their flight was delayed by a whole hour and a half. So it wasn't like, you know, they'd been stuck in the airport for six hours. Yeah. Um, anyway, it seemed they'd already gone to the gate before they were advised of the delay. Um, mm. And they were they were told by staff that the flight was not taking off and everything just went mental. Um, I would encourage our listeners to have a look at the video, which we shared on the Simple Flying website. Um, but the behavior of these three was just bonkers. You know, they, they were launching phones, shoes, four bottles of water, metal boarding signs and bags of fast food at the gate agents, um, which kind of sounds almost amusing in some ways. But, you know, hmm. these poor staff, it was uh, Spirit Airlines staff, <laughs> unsurprisingly, it always seems to be poor old Spirit Airlines, um, who were on the receiving end of this rage. Um, and they, they, they were just kind of cowering. And then the, the three women broke through the barrier and proceeded to batter one of the members of staff on the floor. Um, and luckily, some other passengers kind of stepped in as well as some other staff members mm. and managed to subdue them. And of course, they've all been arrested and are facing charges of battery. One of them's also facing a charge of petty theft because she took a phone from one of the agents. I mean, okay. what she thought she was going to achieve by that, I have no idea. Um, and the arresting sheriff's office said that more charges may be brought. So I think they're probably reviewing that video in quite some detail. And uh, mm. yeah, but what I would say to our listeners is, you know, delays do happen and there's really no need to overreact. Just go and get a coffee, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> Did you or see it, Tom? Have you ever seen anything like it? I've not seen anything like it. No, I've seen people get a bit annoyed before. Um, it's... it's um, I'd never seen something quite like that, though. 
<laughs> it really does take some watching and uh, mm. yeah just uh, let's not be doing that passengers let's be nice to our gate agents in future yes definitely so I think that's about it for today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and welcome any feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com. For more great content, you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media. Simply search for Simple Flying. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.